The indie writing world is all abuzz about a strategy called rapid release. This is where authors hold finished books back from publication while they write the next books in the series. Then they release the whole series in a short window of time. So is rapid release a shortcut to success or is it a trap that could destroy your author career? Find out in this episode of Novel Marketing, the longest running book marketing podcast in the world. This is the show for writers who want to build their platform, sell more books, and change the world with writing worth talking about. I'm Thomas Umstead Jr., CEO of Author Media, and today's episode was triggered by a patron question. In fact, for those of you who don't know, we have a special patrons-only episode every month, and the patrons send in their questions, and I have my wife read the questions, and then I answer them. And this question I gave a short answer to in the patrons-only episode, but I would like to do a longer uh, version of that answer here. But first, let me share the question. Jerusha Agan asks, I learned in the book launch blueprint course about the importance for indie authors to wait to release a book until they can do it right, including putting together a launch team to help them have a strong release. Now I'm learning more about indie authors who do rapid releases of their books, releasing a month or two apart without launch teams or building anticipation for a release. Do you think the rapid release strategy works just as well as big book launch strategies? When should an indie author try rapid release instead of emphasizing the book launch more? Rapid release is often presented as a way to kickstart the writing career of new writers. And let me tell you a story of a writer who took this advice to heart. This is a true story. Uh, This writer had never published a book before, so he's first getting started with his career. And he heard that if he rapidly released his book, he wouldn't need to build a platform or do a book launch. The same advice Jerusha Egan heard. So instead of publishing his first book, he started writing book two. So he held book number one back from publication, and it took him two years to write book two. Then he spent another year or so writing book three. All told, he spent about five years writing this series. And then he released all three books in a very short window, and then nothing. Nothing happened. He had a few dozen sales across the three books. This author had just spent five years writing a series of books, and now he was so discouraged. He had no idea what to do. Instead of having one failed book that he could learn from, he had three failed books all at once, and he was thinking about giving up publishing altogether. As I did research for this episode, I found that the story was all too common. There is a vast number of authors who try rapid release, it fails for them, and they are so discouraged that they quietly leave publishing altogether. Uh, There are certain diets that are like this, where the diet has a really low success rate, but the people who try the diet are too embarrassed to say that they tried the diet, and so all you see is the success stories, and that's what we see with rapid release. We see a handful of authors who get a lot of press over their success, and it gives a distorted view of how successful rapid release can be. In reality, rapid release is incredibly risky for the following reasons. Number one, rapid release isolates you from reader feedback. As a new writer, you're still finding your voice, your resonance, and your audience. And if you're following the five-year plan, uh, you're writing lots of short stories and getting lots of feedback. But most authors are not following the five-year plan. Most authors are publishing their book as soon as it's ready to publish, which, while not ideal, at least gives them feedback in the form of reader reviews. And this feedback changes what they write, helping it to get better. 
With rapid release, on the other hand, you're writing the entire book, not a short story, and then you're holding it back after it's ready. This means you are not getting reviews and feedback that might have influenced book number two. It's not uncommon for one of your supporting characters to become more popular than you expected. Readers will tell you if they like Hermione more than Harry, and if you know that, you can make her a bigger character in subsequent books. But how can you know what readers like if you're holding your books back? Now, if you've already written a few dozen books and you already know exactly what your audience wants, this is less risky because you know how to thrill them. But if you're just getting started, this is a total shot in the dark when it comes to trying to find your voice and your resonance. This leads us to the second risk, which is rapid release reduces marketing innovation. So this is the same as the first, but with marketing. Now, if you're following the book launch blueprint, each book launch is an experiment. Each time you launch your book, you're growing your platform while simultaneously learning how better to launch your book. And this is really true with all book launches, whether people are following the blueprint or just doing it on their own. Each time they launch a book, they learn what works and what doesn't for their books and their audience. After a few launches, you have a reproducible system for success. If you rapid release, on the other hand, it all happens so quickly that before you know it, it's over. And by the time you've learned the lessons from book one, book five is already out and it's too late to implement what you learned. Rapid release works better for authors who've already launched a few dozen books and they already have a well-developed system. They already have a launch team and most importantly, they already have a large email list. If you have an email list of 10,000 readers who are all ready to buy your book as soon as it comes out, rapid release is going to work better for you than if you have an email list of just a few hundred. Rapid release also, and this is the third risk, squanders anticipation. So my daughter Mercy turns two this month. She is really excited about her birthday where she is going to get cake. She is really excited about that purple cake. (laughs) She talks to us about it every day and we have uh, created these little paper loops that are hanging from the wall and every day we cut one of the loops off of the wall so she can see the chain getting shorter and shorter as it gets closer to her birthday and she is vibrating with anticipation for her birthday and anticipation is not just for toddlers Uh, some researchers studied the question do vacations make you happier and they found some surprising results it turns out vacations don't make you happier when you compare somebody who just got back from vacation with somebody who didn't go on vacation at all they're both about the same in terms of happiness but where vacations do make you happier is in the weeks leading up to the vacation (laughs) the anticipation is magic. Anticipation is the reason why Christmas Eve is so much more magical than the day after Christmas. Anticipating your gifts is more fun than actually playing with your toys. The more your readers anticipate your next book, the stronger your brand connection with them becomes. And when readers visit your website with anticipation, they see it with new eyes. Plus, each visit is a chance to get them on your email list and introduce them to your other books. So why rapid release and make every day feel like the day after Christmas? This is a huge social trigger, a marketing psychology ally that you're just throwing away when you rapid release. 
Now, if you're an author with a lot of existing readers and a large email list, you can build up anticipation around book number one, and you can build up anticipation for the series as a whole. You can even build anticipation around the fact that the series will be rapid released. And this way, you can have your anticipation and your rapid release at the same time. But this only works for authors who already have fanatical readers. How can readers get excited about a book series they don't know is coming out? How can readers get excited about an author if they don't know who that author is? This is why I don't recommend rapid release for authors just getting started. But that is not the only risk. The fourth risk is that rapid release is expensive. Let's say it costs $5,000 to publish a book. This is for developmental edits, copy edits, typesetting, proofreading, copywriting, cover design, and all of the other various expenses that go into publishing a book. I know authors who spend more, I know authors who spend less, but 5K is a nice round number, which is good for radio. So with a normal book launch strategy, you'd spend your $5,000 to make the book, and then your goal would be to make that money back in your book launch. So let's say your launch brings in $6,000 of net sales. You've now earned back your $5,000 plus another $1,000 besides. This means your next book will only cost you $4,000 out of pocket to publish. And if you continue with the exact same success with the next book, that only costs you $3,000 out of pocket and so on. If you follow this strategy for all five books in a series, you never go out of pocket more than $5,000 and you quickly get that money back. And by the time your fifth book comes out, you're only spending $1,000 to publish that book. Eventually, with the traditional book launch strategy, you're publishing each new book with quote-unquote house money. (laughs) Or put another way, you're publishing profits or covering all of your future publishing expenses. Now let's say you decide to rapid release those five books instead. So now you're going to need five covers designed, five times the editing, and five times all of the other expenses too. So now instead of needing $5,000, you need $25,000 up front. That is a lot of money up front. Uh, Chances are you don't have $25,000 in the bank. In fact, most Americans don't even have access to $25,000 of credit. So what these rapid release authors who are just getting started and don't have a lot of money are forced to do is they're forced to start cutting corners. The first thing to get cut is either the copywriting or the developmental edit. So either the back cover copy is weak or the writing is weaker as a result. And then maybe you go from having a top cover designer to going with a budget designer and on and on. And suddenly the books aren't as good as they would have been otherwise. And the book slips from being good enough to become something to dropping into obscurity and never making back those $25,000. Now, rapid release works better for authors who are already making a lot of money from their writing. For writers who are making $25,000 a month from their books, they have no problem spending $25,000 to rapid release their books without any shortcuts or without any debt. But if you're just getting started and you don't have the money, this is an incredibly expensive and far more risky way to go about it. Because let's say the series is a dud, right? The series is not going to resonate with readers. Better to find that out after only spending $5,000 on book one than to write five books and spend the money on five books and then find it out. This is why so many people who rapid release end up killing their careers if it's not a success. This is not a good way to run a business or a career where you're betting the farm on your very first decision. Not a good way to do it. Whereas for the author who's already making a lot of money and is already successful, if the rapid release strategy doesn't work for them, they're already making money from their other books and they can go back to the traditional book launch strategy. But wait, 
there's more. The next risk of rapid release is that it squanders the book launch. Book launches are magical times. Your friends and family will do things for you, like joining your launch team during a book launch, that they wouldn't do at any other time. (laughs) But it's not just your friends and family. Media outlets and podcasts will bring you on to talk about your book during a book launch when they wouldn't have had you on otherwise. Your local newspaper might cover your book launch. They won't cover your rapid release. Everyone deserves a birthday, and every book deserves a book launch. So why squander your chance to launch a book in hopes the algorithm will smile on you? This is a big risk. Speaking of risk, there are more risks. The sixth risk is that rapid release creates unrealistic reader expectations. Most readers won't know you held books back in order to rapid release. They think you really can write a book every month. And once you're done with your binge drop and you go back into your cave for two years to write the next batch of books, you'll lose all of the momentum and goodwill you built up with those readers. In fact, it's not uncommon to see authors who do see success with rapid release start to work with ghostwriters in order to keep up the pace. Some get so burnt out, they quit writing after being a success. <laughs> this is the other risk of rapid release. There's a risk of failure, but there's also the risk of expensive and costly success, or what we call it in the military world, a Pyrrhic victory, which was a, a king who fought the Romans, and he said, with one more victory like this, I will have to retreat and go home because the, um, the victories were so costly. So don't start running your publishing marathon with a dead sprint. <laughs> that is not the way to do it, especially if you've not been training for marathons for very long. Learn how to write faster and pick a pace you can maintain for the long haul. More on this in a little bit. You can't build a career on algorithm hacks. And part of the reason Novel Marketing is the longest-running book marketing podcast is because we don't go in for marketing fads. I've seen a lot of marketing fads come and go over the course of this podcast, and I'm sure there will be many more to come. The novel marketing approach is based on the kinds of marketing fundamentals you learn in business school. In fact, our Marketing 101 series is inspired by an actual marketing textbook I keep on hand for episode ideas. Or really, I, I just keep the table of contents on hand. I'll, I'll pull something from the table of contents from the marketing textbook, and I will adapt it for authors. I'm wanting to present timeless principles that can work regardless of what era you're writing in. The problem with building a career on hacks is that they only work for a short time. It's like building your house with straw. It looks like quick progress, but the big bad wolf always blows it down. There are no shortcuts in publishing. There's only the long way and the very long way. (laughs) I'm sorry, I know you want to hear that there's a quick shortcut, and if you just give me your money to buy my secret process, you can learn the faster way. But as Frodo said in The Fellowship of the Rings, shortcuts lead to long delays. A strong author platform is bookstore agnostic and strategy agnostic. If you're following our method and Amazon were to get busted in an antitrust case and forced to be broken up into multiple companies, which, by the way, both the left and the right are talking about in the United States, your book sales would be fine with the novel marketing approach. Why? Because you have a direct connection with your readers, and that's what matters. It's fine to dabble with gaming the system, but you want to do it from a strong foundation or a strong platform, if you will. If you have a strong platform, you can better afford to take risks on new techniques. Now, I can hear some of you asking, hey, yeah, but what about all those success stories I've read about on Facebook? Well, rapid release can work and has worked for a handful of authors, and those authors tend to make a lot of noise about their success. 
What you don't hear is the thousands of writers who have quietly tried rapid release, only to fail and give up on writing. If you do some research, you'll find their stories here and there, but they don't tend to shout their failures from the rooftops, like those who succeed shout their success from the rooftops, which is understandable. That said, I'm not 100% against rapid release. It can work, and perhaps it could work for you. So let's talk about when rapid release works and when it is a good idea to try, because rapid release really can be a magical strategy. Let me show you how to make it magical for you. A rapid release works when you are contractually forbidden from publishing books. Some publishing contracts preclude you from being able to publish books with other publishers during the contract. And I know some traditionally published authors who can write books faster than their publishers care to publish their books. A lot of publishers will have a pace of one book a year, and if they have a strong mid-list author, they'll sign a, a big contract. Like, we want you know a book a year from you for the next three years. But what if that writer can write two books a year? They now can write two books a year, but their publisher is only buying one of those books, and they're forbidding the author from selling the other book they can write to anyone else, including themselves as an independent publisher. So what do you do? Well, for that author, I'd recommend to write the extra books, set them aside, and then in between traditional contracts, do a rapid release. (laughs) And when well done, this hybrid approach can give you the best of both worlds. And you have your fan base from your traditional publishing who will then go on and buy your rapid release indie published books. And then when you're done with your rapid release, you can go back to traditional publishing. So you get to uh, make money on both sides of the fence. And I know authors who've made very good money with this strategy. So this is an instance when rapid release works really well. Another time when rapid release works really well is when you have written a tome. <laughs> you, your 75,000-word epic fantasy accidentally turned into a 300,000-word epic fantasy. And that is tough if you're planning to any publish because readers expect to pay about the same for a 75K story as they would for a 300K story. But the print-on-demand price for that longer book is huge. A 300K story costs about $9 or $10 just to print. That's not talking about distribution and fulfillment and Amazon's costs and taxes and all of the other costs. Compare that to only about $4, sometimes even less, for a 75,000 word book. Now, no one wants to buy an indie fantasy for $25, but that's often what you're forced to price it at if it's really that long. Now, let's say you took that 300,000 word story and you split it into three 75,000 word volumes and you rapidly release them. So over a three month period, you released book one, book two, and book three. And now instead of selling one book for $25, you can sell three books for $12 each. So you're making more money while simultaneously making your books more digestible, less intimidating, and it increases your marketing flexibility. You can try, say, making book one perma-free, right? So you're selling books two and three for $12 each. That's $24. It's almost as much as you'd be making at $25 for the single tome, but now you have all these new readers coming in uh, with that free book. Or perhaps you're price-pulsing book one from time to time to bring new cohorts of readers in on books two and books three. There's a lot to be said about splitting longer books into multiple shorter books and releasing them rapidly. And in this instance, you've already written all three books, so it's very little additional work to split them up. Obviously, you need to end each one with a satisfying ending, 
But if you have some plot lines that are unresolved that people have to read the next book in order to get resolved, that's okay. <laughs> that's actually really savvy marketing. You just need to know your audience and know uh, how to stick that landing in such a way where they will want to read book two and not feel like they're being cheated by only buying half a story with that first book. Rapid release also works when you can rapid write. If you can write a book in two months and you hold a couple of books back to release a trilogy after six months, that doesn't cost you much in terms of time. And it's authors who can write this quickly who really see the advantages of the rapid release strategy without as many of the downsides. In fact, if there were one characteristic of successful rapid release authors, I would say it is rapid writing. So if you'd like to learn how to write faster, we have several episodes on that. We have How to Write 5,000 Words an Hour with Chris Fox, How to Quiet Your Inner Editor So You Can Write Faster, and How to Write Faster with Trisha Goyer. These are three great episodes with three different approaches on how to improve the speed of your writing. I'd also recommend tools like Plotter that help you plot and write faster. Now, I will say, if it takes you a year to write a book, rapid release is, in the words of Admiral Akbar, It's a trap! Rapid releasing when you cannot rapid write is a trap. The next time rapid release works is when you write in a genre with binge readers. Now, there are not a lot of people in this world who binge literary fiction. Sometimes I think I'm the only person who binges business books, and I don't even binge business books like I used to. Now, romance, on the other hand, readers binge that all the time. In fact, many of the success stories you see in rapid release are rapid release authors who are writing in romance or romance-adjacent genres. I've also seen rapid release work in certain kinds of science fiction, and I imagine it works in fantasy as well, although I haven't seen any case studies on that. Uh, this is why it's so important to know who your readers are. Do they even want more books from you faster? Some genres have readers who only read one book a year at the beach. They buy their one book, they take it to the beach, they read it, and if the author that they like writes more than one book a year, they're not going to read that additional book each year because they only read their one beach read. In fact, I would say the majority of readers are in this group. Now, there are a handful of voracious readers who buy dozens or hundreds of books, and those readers are great because they'll buy hopefully dozens or hundreds of your books. But most readers don't read very many books. And so you need to know which segment of the market you're targeting. Are you targeting voracious readers or are you targeting more casual readers? This affects when rapid release will work for you. Another time when rapid release works is when you have an established platform. Hundreds of new books launch every day and they compete with millions of books already published. Being on Amazon will not get you readers any more than being in the phone book will get your phone to ring. Releasing a series of books back to back will not magically get you readers. You still have to get the word out about book one. Let me say that again. Releasing a series of books back to back will not magically get you readers. You still have to get the word out about book one. And book one needs to be so well written that people want to read book two. So what happens for authors who already have a fan base of at least 1,000 true fans? Well, if you can get 1,000 book sales in month one, you have a good chance to hit number one new release for your category, depending on what category you're publishing in and how competitive it is. Then, if the same thing happens next month, because you have those 1,000 true fans, and you have another number one new release in your category, 
what do you think Amazon's algorithm is going to start to do for you? It's like, wow, every book by this author is a number one new release. We should promote this author to new readers who've never heard of the author. This is when rapid release does magical things. And it's why having a strong platform is so important. Authors who rapid release without a strong platform are just blindfolded dart throwers hoping they hit the target. It is a very risky strategy. To him who has readers, more readers will be given. But to him who does not have readers, even the readers he thinks he has will be taken away. So bottom line, rapid release is a strategy for established authors. Rapid release is one of those strategies that can help successful authors find even more success. And if you've hit a plateau with your writing, after a few dozen books, and you're looking for something to help you break into the next level, rapid release may be just the strategy to experiment with. But only experiment with rapid release if you can rapid write. Otherwise, it will alienate the fans you already have. And if you're just getting started with your writing career, don't rapid release. I would estimate that it has gambling odds of success for a new author. And examples of successful lottery winners in the commercials that you see for the lottery doesn't make investing in lottery tickets a sound strategy. I could give you hundreds, if not thousands of people who've won the lottery. Buying lottery tickets is still a bad financial strategy. You'll get more money with almost any other investment strategy than you will buying tickets for the lottery. And while rapid release can work for successful authors, it is a way that beginning authors end their careers. Your career deserves a more reliable strategy. And what is that strategy, you ask? It is the book launch strategy. This is the strategy that nearly every best-selling book follows. It's what all traditional published books follow, with only a handful of exceptions. If you want to hit the USA Today bestseller list, the way to do it is with a well-anticipated book launch. Which leads us to our sponsor, which is the Book Launch Blueprint. This is our incredibly popular course on how to launch a book. Now, it's not available right now. We're going to launch it again early next year, but there is a waiting list that you can sign up for to be the first to find out when this course goes live. The Book Launch Blueprint is all about helping you create a plan that's geared for you in your book specifically, playing to your strengths, avoiding your weaknesses, and playing to, perhaps even more importantly, the needs and desires of your audience. What works for a romance writer won't work for a business writer. But some of the things will. And it also depends on which kind of romance readers you're writing to and which kinds of business readers you're writing to. And we go into all of this in the course. Each year we do it, we get wonderful stories back on the Facebook group of people who've hit number one new release or bestseller with their book. And it's always very encouraging to see. And if you would like to be notified when the Book Launch Blueprint is available in 2021, do go to booklaunch.fun. Our featured patron today is Eloise White, author of Soul Inspirations. Gain a new relationship with Jesus as you trust him to be your confident healer and life-giving friend. And thank you to you, Eloise, for being a patron of the podcast, helping keep the show on the air. We really appreciate our patrons, which allow us to keep putting this podcast out there. And I say us because it's not just me. <laughs> we have uh, William who helps do the editing for the audio and also Shauna who helps create the blog versions of this podcast. So there's a bigger and bigger team making the Novel Marketing Podcast possible, and it's only there because of your support. So I really 
appreciate each and every one of you. And if you can't afford to become a patron, I get it. 2020 is a rough year, and I totally understand. And there is a free way that you can help the show, and that is to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Your reviews help us get bigger guests on the show and also helps new people discover the show. And so I really appreciate all of you who've left kind reviews. I even appreciate those of you who love unkind reviews because all reviews help the algorithm on iTunes. You've been listening to Thomas Umstead Jr. on the Novel Marketing Podcast. To find the blog version of this episode or to get new episodes delivered to your phone automatically, visit authormedia.com. Thank you for listening and live long and prosper. And yes, I know, I've quoted Star Trek and I played a clip from Star Wars in the same episode. I am not making apologies. I am fans of both.